0: Nope. Here we go. All right. Good. Good to have you here, Mike. Good. Hey, I've got a deep subject matter today, and it's a subject matter that I need to work on, as well as I think a lot of us as Christians need to work on. And it's kind of fitting the time of year it comes in. Uh, Man, we're talking that Jesus gives us the best gift of all, and that's him being born in a manger. But also, he came for one reason. We learned that in Sunday school Boys and girls, what was the reason he came? Wasn't to have a happy life, was it? He came to what? To die and to save us. Very good. And uh, man, if you could turn in to uh, 1 Corinthians 13, this is usually considered the wedding verse, okay? And that's what its wrap is, because I bet almost every wedding ceremony you go to, they read this verse. I've even used it myself But God's kind of done some things in my life. Uh, Man, let me just be honest with you. I'll pull off my mask and everything. I just want to shoot straight with you. I've been asking God to show me how to love more, okay? I, I guess the older I get, I guess I get in the groove, okay? But I need to be more loving. I need to be more of what God wants me to be so I impact this world a little better than what I can, Okay? Tim, at Nicaragua, I got a lot of study time. I got a lot of time just to sit there and pray, sit there and think, and sit there and do. And I came across this book, How to Love Like God. And it's kind of bringing out some verses and stuff. And uh, God was really working on me at Nicaragua. And I came on fire to my family and going, hey, look, we got to do this. We got to have this. But uh, I'm going to share just an opening part and see if it gets you thirsty. For what it makes me thirsty for, okay? And, uh, man, I'm not preaching at you. I want you to hear my heart tonight, okay? That's what I want, want you to do. It's more of a Bible study. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, it said, uh, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Whoa you hear that guys if i speak in tongues or if i uh man speak as angels speak but i have not love i'm like a sounding gong i don't know how many of you grew up in the 70s but every time i hear the gong i'm going the gong show that was it man you hated for that person to ding the gong you know because that meant your act was over you know what i mean and really, that's what he's saying here. He's saying, hey, if I do all these great things and I haven't love in my heart, man, I'm like sounding gong. You know, a gong's a great instrument. I mean, uh, Steak and Shake commercial, you know, that guy bangs the gong all night, you know what I mean? It's not a great musical instrument, but it makes a loud noise. It's good noise, you know what I mean? But it's just a gong, you know what I mean? It's just not a piano, not a guitar, or not anything. It's just a gong. Symbols the same way. Trenton's a drum person. Man, I can't tell you. You need to pray for us parents to have kids that want to be a drummer. You know what I mean? Because, man, I even hear little Sam over there, Winkleman, playing the drums sometimes. But it takes the kids a long time to kind of get that beat down, to kind of get that thing going, you know? And uh, when that cymbal... ...isn't working right. You know, it's not even beat and stuff. It kind of gets on your nerves, you know what I mean? And uh, it, it's just one of those things. But he says that's the same way we are, church family. And this is written about a church family, the Corinthians, okay? Up in chapter 12, he's talking to all these people. Hey, I'm of Apollos. I'm of Paul. I'm of Peter. And he's better than your guys' apostle, Okay? They were arguing in the church. But here Paul's trying to say, hey, church, don't forget. It's not about the person. It's about the love, the love of Christ in us, the love of Christ that works through us. That's what the world is thirsty for. It's none of this bickering. It's none of this fighting. it's none of these gifts. It's the love. Do you hear me? It's the love. It's not speaking in tongues. It's not speaking of all this stuff. But it's the love he's trying to get us at. Okay? Keep that in mind. We're going down to verse 2. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Wow. How many times me as a preacher want to go... Yeah, this is what God told me. Yeah, this is what God's revealed to me. But if I don't do it in a loving manner, if I don't do it with love in my heart, it's nothing, guys. It's not right. You know, for the church to go out and say we represent Jesus Christ and sometimes to act the way we act. Man, that's a bad thing, man. That's giving God a black eye. That's giving our church a black eye. That's giving Jesus a black eye. Because my foremost purpose here on earth is to glorify him by the love I show to different people. And I don't care if they smell. I don't care what they're dressed like. But I need to show that love. I need to show that love to my wife. I need to show that love to my kids. I need to show that love everywhere I go, not just here at church. Okay? That's what I'm working on. That's my conviction. It's because we live in a society now that's kind of distorted love. That's kind of distorted what a marriage even looks like. Okay? And I think we distort the word love even more because we don't even get the relationship right. The only way I'm able to love, 1 or 1 John 4, 9 says... I love because he first loved me. It wasn't because I was good. It wasn't because anything I did. It's because I was me. And I'm loved. Sometimes in my quiet time, I just sit there and go, God, I need to hear it. I'm going to say it, God. You love me. Sometimes I can just sit there and just ponder that fact that he loves me. Man, is that deep? How much is that deep? But he's saying, hey, if I'm able to do all these great things, go on mission trips, be a missionary, do all this, be a youth pastor, do all this, but I haven't love, man, it's all useless. It's for nothing. Because love needs to be our bottom line. Man, how much do we fall? How much do we miss the mark? Listen to this in verse 3. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. I've always put myself there. Somebody asked me if I was a Christian and ever going to hold a gun to my head and if I said yes, they were going to shoot me. I've actually been held up before by a gun so that's not hard for me to fathom. But... Could I say, yes, I serve the mighty Lord, my God, and I'd be willing to die? Man, that's a hard question. That's a hard thought. But he says, if I can do that, but have not love for my brothers or sisters, or have not love the way God loves us, man, my life didn't count for much. Isn't that amazing? The reason this hits me so hard is... The verses 4 through 8. I've asked him to put them up here for me. 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable. It is not resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, Hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. Wow, I've heard that a lot. The reason this thing hit home to me is the author of this book said, Hey, try this one test. And I want to give you that test tonight. Instead of love, put your name in there and see what a difference it makes the way you read that verse. Let's go back to the very beginning. Brent is patient and kind. Love does, or uh, he, Brent does not envy or boast. It is he is not arrogant or rude. It is not. He does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Brent is. Uh, here he goes. It does not rejoice at wrongdoings or rejoices with the truth. Brent bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Brent never ends. All right? Hey, the reason I did that for you is because it hit me that I can never, ever love that much on my own. I can never do it, folks. I will never have that kind of love. The only reason I'm able to even halfway come close is because I got the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me that He instills in me this love for others. He instills in me. All right? The other part of this is hey, people don't care what we believe unless they know they're loved. This year we went to Super Summer, didn't we, kids? Super Summer is out at uh, Greenville College. And we had this thing on our t shirts. It said, Meet needs, share Christ. Very good. Meet needs, share Christ. These people don't care at Greenville that we were there, all right? We came and we gave them a block party, did we not? We were trying to meet needs, meet social needs, that type of thing. We even went and prayed at house to house as we handed out the flyers, did we not? We tried to meet their needs. But what a difference it is when we love people with the power of Jesus. How did he change people's lives? He was honestly concerned about them and the love. I got an interesting story, kind of goes along with this. If you'll turn into Mark 10. I was going to have Trey come up here and read this. You want to still read this? Okay. I'll give you the night off, okay? As Jesus shared on his way, a man ran up to Jesus and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except for God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he uh, declared, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, Go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have your treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Wow. For a long time I thought I understood this verse. But I kind of emphasized that one thing in this verse. This man was wanting eternal life. The older we get, the more we think about eternal life. Okay? My mom and dad are getting older. Trace's mom's getting older. She's already on her way out. She's giving away all her stuff before she's even gone, okay? They're just making preparation for what they know is coming, okay? But, hey, we're all going to have to face eternity one day, right? Hopefully, it's on our terms, but we're not guaranteed tomorrow, right? But this guy was wanting to make preparations. He was going, good teacher. I have no idea why he called him a good teacher, the Bible even emphasizes in this that he was not good, okay? He was a son of God, okay? Do you get that? He says only God is good. Only God is the one that is, can be cleared that because he's always that way. Wow, what's that tell me? Our Bible's right. It says God is love, God is perfect. God sees the best in all situations, no matter what. Man, even this thing that happened to the Shell family, even things I can't explain, our God is still loving God. He still is the patient God. He still wants to love me through all these hard times. He still wants to love you through all these hard times. He still wants to use us as his people, as his church. That's what this church was having a problem with. Loving one another. They had a lot of gifts, but the gift of love wasn't one of them. Help this church, man, never to lose that gift of love, okay? So this good teacher comes up, tells him, hey, keep the commands. Ten of them. He only goes through about five of them, doesn't he? He says, they're all about your neighbor. You remember that when Jesus was put on the spot and he says, hey, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and then love your neighbor as yourself. How many times do we not? We might sit there and say, yes, I do love my neighbor. Yes, I do. Oh, so many times I think he sees into my heart too much. He convicts me. Because there's a lot more things I could let loose of that, man, I just hold back on. One of the things, uh, we were on vacation. I guess it was Christmas one time. And we were at Bath Pro Shop, my favorite place to shop. You know what I mean? I get out of the car, and we shop there a lot, so that's good. Tracy says much too much. But uh, we th- we were there. The kids were a little smaller than what they were. Trenton and McKenzie were very observant. Dad was not. I seen fishing rods, all this other stuff instead, okay? My vision was clouded. But comes back to the car crying. I have a kid in the car that's crying. I'm going, why are you crying? Dad, did you see that homeless guy? I'm going, no. Well, he was asking for money. He was needing help. And we passed right by him. We didn't even do anything. I'm going, wow, what an observant kid I got, you know? But it's a lot easier to love when you're young than when you get older because you reason everything out. Here's dad saying, hey, that guy could be a scam. All right? I couldn't believe the words were coming out of my mouth, but they were. I'm being honest with you tonight. But you know what this dad did? We went down the block. I had to uh, have conviction. My wife was feeling conviction, too. And uh, me and Tracy, we turned around, and we found this guy. And I gave him whatever he asked for. I helped him out prayed with him. But he didn't care what I was going to pray for him until I met his need. And then I was able to explain Jesus to him. But I want you to know, my kids all realized that one teachable moment that we stopped at Bass Pro and Dad showed love. Hey, guys, it's tough sometimes. If you're going to say you believe it, say you love, you got to show it. Even in the most hard situation, God's going to test you. And we need to raise up a generation that's going to love one another. Love its neighbor. Okay? And that's hard in this day and age. Because there's so many people we think take advantage of that. But I don't know about that. They might be angels unaware that might be just deciding, hey, I need to send a little conviction Brother Brent's way, and this needs to happen, okay? But, man, how many times do we fluff off stuff? We don't really love the way we need to love. Jesus knew this guy's heart. He spit it back. He said, I've kept all these commands since I was young. I know all about them. Jesus says, do you really? Let me give you this little test. Go and sell all you have and give it to the poor and then come follow me. Because if you really are about loving one another, you have no problem doing that. But he saw right where the guy's heart was. He says, hey, go and do. But at first he said he loved him. He loved him. I think he was trying to love him back to the fold, okay? Or love him to, <laughs> to, to com, get convicted by what Jesus was telling him. You really don't love until you do what you say you're going to do. All right? Love isn't love until you give it away. In college, this professor showed us what love really was. It was an odd experiment. It was in my prayer class. It was just weird. The guy gave us a big ball of cotton, Kenzie. He says, You got a ball of cotton, and you got a ball of cotton. And this cotton represents love. Now, in this classroom, I want you to go and share your love. The way you share your love is you rip off a piece of cotton and say, I love you. Rip off a piece of cotton and say, I love you. And everybody was supposed to do that all the way down until the cotton was used up. The ideal situation is you never run out of cotton because everybody I gave a piece of cotton to will go up and somebody else say they love them and they love them. Love never fails, it never ends. It's always giving, never taking. Man, what a poignant thing that was because there was cotton in that classroom all week long. And every time I saw a piece of cotton, I'm going, Man, that's God's love. But you can never get rid of all that cotton because you just rip off a piece and then you you didn't have it for very long and you ripped off another piece and you give it to somebody else. And everybody eventually got God's love in that whole classroom. Unbelievable. But he says the most important thing is God's love. If we cease to love each other, we fail. Did you hear me? If we cease to love each other, we fail. No matter how many good things we do, it's just a clinging gong, a banging cymbal until we love each other. love each other, challenge each other to love one another. For this love to change the world, it needs to be unleashed. We can't hang on to it. In that very end part of that verse, it says love never fails. And I'm thinking, man, we had the atomic bomb a long time ago before the atomic bomb was ever invented. It's God's love. It will actually change this place if we really understand what God's love is. The only way you can understand what God's love is is get inside of his word. Read it. Apply it. Don't be afraid that it steps on our toes because each one of us needs to be sharpened. Just like the first Corinthian church needed to be sharpened. They had a love deficit. They had all this good stuff, but they didn't have the love. Okay. God's blessed us here with great buildings. But without love in these buildings, it's nothing. It's no empty warehouse. All-star basketball is just another basketball league until the love takes place in the coach's life to start praying for these kids to unleash it. Mission groups is nothing until we start loving on these kids and start loving and changing things around here. But you see, we always find excuses why we can't. Just like I did in my life. God helped me not to have those excuses. One of the most frustrating things, guys, was when we took the youth to Chicago this year. Man, God showed me some things that were unreal. These people had everything they needed, they had lived in the big suburbs of Chicago, they were all home, we were knocking. Asking that we can pray for them. Just pray for them. I'll never forget when the kid's coming back and saying, Yeah, this lady just lost her grandpa, grandma. And has got uh, her husband sick and in the hospital. And we ask if we could pray. And she goes, No, I got it all under control. Did you hear me? I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. I want to show you a little love. But guys... When we have everything, when we think we have everything, we don't want what's best. We don't want God's love. Sometimes I need to be kicked in the rear. Sometimes I need to be awakened up. Put it that way. Because I become too used to what I'm going through sometimes to really know what I need to be all about. Okay? Okay? You understand me? This is a hard lesson to teach, guys. It's easy to spell it, easy to say it, easy to say that you got it. But it's hard to live out. But people can tell if you don't live this one out. Okay? Because this one is what it all hinges on. His love changed my life. And His love in me is supposed to change other people's lives. All right? Because I reflect it all the time. But so many times, I don't think we get where we're going because we dim the glass, we dim the flame, we don't have this agape-type love. And this agape love is self-sacrificing love. If you're loving, no matter what you get back in return, it's that kind of love. And that kind of love, folks... We'll change this community. We'll change this church. We'll do a great thing. The rich young ruler, what did he do? He hung his head and went away. Tonight, <laughs> tonight, I presented this word as best I can. Talked slow. Gave you what, all I've come up with through God's word. Shared personal story. And unless you apply this to your life, you're going to be like the rich young ruler. You're just going to hang your head and go out of here and go, Well, that was interesting. Go on with your way. But, guys, if you really understand what you have, there's something that's not going to keep you from loving. That's the love of Christ. That's what it's all about. It's not who has the most toys wins, okay? That's not. It's not who has the most friends. It's not. It's who loves the most. Who loves with the love of Christ. That will make you a winner. That will make you successful. That will be pleasing to him. Because when we all get to heaven, I think it's going to be one great big love fest, okay? There's going to be people there that you haven't seen for a long time. And there's going to be a Savior there with His arms wide open waiting to receive each one of us. And that's what eternity is all about. Okay? Pleasing Him and loving Him. The only reason I'm able to do the things that He's called me to do is because He gave it to me. It wasn't in this body and that's the reason I struggle so hard with it is because it goes against my nature, guys. The older I get, the more I see that. But I'm trying to have that soft, kindred heart heart where i can be spoken to from him to change my ways know that that's just the way it is okay that's that love that He's called us to and the next time you read this thing the the love thing don't worry about it put god's name in there put jesus name in there he is all those things And he's given us that Holy Spirit so we're enabled to do those things that I can say are impossible with Brent. Okay? So that's the true test right there, guys. You walk away with nothing else, know that you got that today. Write that in your Bible. Know that God's called us to love and do a good job with it because he's equipped us that way. All right? All right. Let's uh, close with a word of prayer. Dear my Father, I'm amazed. I'm amazed you took a guy like me and loved me so much. I'm amazed that you give me things in my life that I sure don't deserve. I'm amazed that you wrote me a love letter a long time ago. The more I read it, the more I understand that you love me so much. As we close this service, if there's somebody out here that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would come to that knowledge tonight. Walk this aisle. my Father, as Paul preached this to the Corinthian church, help this be the Dorisville church that needs to hear this. Help us to uh, sharpen our own desire for love. To be loving to one another. And to realize that's what you called us to do more than anything else is to love one another and to love you. Man, that's so powerful. How about that change lives? Take this time and make it what you want. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.